What's going on, everyone? It's Bob's Three Toed Warriors from Studio 1329 with a word on the street, season one, episode 18, titled You're My Favorite Mistake. All right, Cheryl Crow said it way better than I did, but that's okay. That's okay because she's prettier and has a better voice and all the other things. Um, okay, so the reason I said this today, we have Andrew Woodruff. Did I say it right? Woodruff? That's correct. Awesome. With me, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite fantasy football mistakes. How's it going, Andrew? It's going well. It's going well. It's been a good day so far. Awesome. Awesome. Nice uh, Fourth of July weekend. Although people are waiting, hearing this a little bit later than oh, that, yeah. but. Uh, lack of fireworks, although I saw fireworks everywhere. So I saw some fireworks everywhere. I saw the rain throw in a lightning storm here and there. So mm. everything. All right. All right. That'll work. So you can catch my podcast on just about every platform out there. Don't forget to subscribe. Give me those five-star ratings. I really appreciate it. It really helps out. On today's show, we're going to cover some listener questions. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite dynasty mistakes. But before we get to all that, Andrew, where can they find your work? Yeah, so uh, my main platform is going to be Twitter. Uh, my hash, well, my underscore. Yeah. My username is going to be at FF underscore AW Woodruff33. Uh, 33 just throwing it back to the football days when I actually played. There you go. And I'll say I'm working with a group of guys, uh, fantasy football 24 7. Six of us guys just hard working, just putting out content as much as we can. We've got mm-hmm. articles, we got podcasts. Uh, a little bit smaller group, the, the uh, Monocle Dynasty podcast going. Uh, okay. We got a Patreon. Uh, Patreon's Fantasy Football 24 7, just as well. We got some great things in there. Everything we make, we put in there. Uh, first priority, we've got some rankings going on. Um, even got a little bit of juicy NFL tidbits here and there because we got some connections, got some strings. Nice. Uh, we were actually able to let our patrons know Rivers was going to the Colts way before it actually got announced. Same thing with Cam to the Pats. And even that there was a Trent Williams trade going on okay. even before it got released. So well worth looking into. I like it. I like it. Uh, I actually was uh, one of my – my second show was with one of your guys from the, uh, sure from the pod. Mm-hmm. Good show. If you all haven't heard it, go back and listen. It's still there. It's still waiting for you. And uh, some good quality listening there. Uh, and on the YouTubes if you like to watch it that way. So uh, we are going to talk about some of your – recent articles and one of the neat things about your articles is you you kind of uh, mentioned pre-show uh there's a lot of math in your articles and uh it's because it's something you're kind of uh you're into you said you're a math teacher oh yeah uh middle school high school math teacher second year uh i love finding context within the math itself uh, mm-hmm. i know i don't rely on the stats just to make a prediction or not but it should help support one way or the other on a viewpoint yeah i get that and those kids aren't driving you crazy, middle school and Not high yet. school kids. Not yet. <laughs> you got to learn patience for sure. Is that a really small school to have them both in the same, or you just have covered both? Uh, covering both this year, actually. Okay. So it's It's been two different school years, uh, two different school systems, so we'll find out what happens. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll drink to that. I got my unofficial sponsor, Mr. Vanilla Crown, here. <laughs> what, and uh, you've got something very interesting there. What do you got? Yeah, so I did a, a Malibu run with orange juice, kind of just make it feel like a tropical weather around here right now. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds very refreshing. All right, so we did mention that you like to do articles. And co- I recently did a couple articles, and we're going to cover three of those articles, not in full, just on in light. We want, it, want people to still be able to read the articles, but we're going to get some of the nice points out of it. And you pop articles all the time, so 
even if they, they got the gist of these, they'll have money, many more behind it. So um, if someone is taking a shot with a late round pick on a wide receiver, they might run into the question of, do I go Paris Campbell or do I go Michael Pittman? They're both a question for the, for the Colts. And you did an article about those two. So you want to enlighten us a little and help us make that decision? Yeah, when I was doing that one, man, I really expected uh, Paris Campbell not to be the better option. But uh, I was looking through some of the numbers and some of the reasons I'm thinking Campbell might be the better bet is he's going later than Pittman. Everybody's got that rookie fever going right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a very big concern with that is the 2020 offseason looks very different compared to most years. So yep. Pittman's going to be having to work twice as hard by himself, basically, to learn this playbook. Campbell already has a year in. He already knows it. He's coming back. He's healthy right now. He's just focusing on getting his fundamentals better. Um, another big thing that was really pushing me for that was their athletics weren't any different. Everyone saying Pittman was this great athletic machine. Campbell is the same thing. The only thing Campbell doesn't have was the height, but man, his speed flies. Nice so, last thing, like I know if anyone is paying attention to Philip Rivers and the many years he's played NFL, he loves that slot guy. And that's exactly where all the coaches are saying Campbell is the guy for the slot. So for the price, if you're looking for something better, I'm going with Campbell. Okay. I like it. And very affordable. I think we talked about uh, probably 13th round or so in a, in a redraft yeah. league. Yeah, roughly. 50 or so. Yeah, Campbell's running late, 13th or 16th. Uh, the clutch thing is right now, everybody, again, that rookie fever. So yeah. you might even see him drop a little bit because everybody's got that recency bias. And he hasn't done much lately. There you go. I got him sitting on a taxi squad. Maybe I'll pull him out this year. We'll see. All right. Here's here's a bigger debate we see on Twitter all the time. It's definitely worth one one worth having. Um, or is it worth having? I don't know. I know where I stand on this. But we got Zach Moss, a little more of that rookie fever. And we got Mr. Singletary. Um, what's your take on these guys? Yeah, so just starting off, uh, ADP Singletary's going about the fourth, fifth round latest. Uh, and then you got Zach Moss. I've seen him going anywhere from the 10th round. That's running myself taking him there up to yeah. like the 12th round. And so what I was looking through was I was trying to pay attention, kind of like what has the Bills been doing the past couple of years? Uh, what's that looking like going forward? Uh, we already saw Frank Gore took all of the rushing red zone work last year. And he was not efficient at all with it. But the team didn't change opinions. They said, nope, we're not putting Singletary in there. He's not the guy. So we can already assume Moss is going to have that lead. Moss is a giant bowling ball type running back. He is going to be getting the goal line, short line work. And so that's a lot of valuable points. Singletary's already missing. Yeah. So that's already the first gamble that I'm not taking on a fourth, fifth round pick. If you're not going to get the touchdowns, I don't care. Um, the second thing with that was a lot of people said Zach Moss is a two down back. But if you want to go back to player profiling, uh, Zach Moss actually has a better target share than Singletary does coming out of college. And they're both working in the same system. So you can't say Singletary is just um, more elusive because they actually had very similar uh, missed broken tackles back in college. And even 2018 and 2019, if you want to compare college and NFL right there. And then last thing, uh, Zach Moss, I know a lot of people knocked his speed. But what they're, not for, what they're forgetting possibly is Singletary actually had the exact same speed score, the exact same speeds. 
But then, yeah, they got beat up for it last year. I remember. Oh, yeah. And then Moss, like, he sat there. He's already showing in a pro day video. He's faster than what he timed. He had a messed up hamstring. He went and got healthy, ran faster. So for the cost, I'm going Moss on this one. All right. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of Singletary early last year before the hype train fired up. And so in the dynasty leagues where we, where we went early, I got him. In the redrafts, I, I wasn't paying the uh, the upcharge uh, that was going with the hype train. Uh, I think I got him at one out of a couple because it was still still early enough and cheap enough. But I, I, I got a question. I, think I don't have to question anything what you said. You said it's correct. Um, I got to wonder, though, if, if they won't give him more work being his second year and having more confidence in him and and that being a saving grace. But at the that same time, Zach good. Moss is a bowling ball, and at the goal line that you do, that is what you want. So, Oh, yeah. I will say, like, Singletary, he's going to do probably better in the first half of the season. Like you said, he's already got a year in the system. Uh, coaches know who he is, how he's going to compete already. Yeah. But, I mean, if you go back and watch any of the recordings this year, and last year, like they said, they're going to play their best guys when they're ready. Right. Last year, I think they played the most, had the most rookie snaps played on the team throughout the offense, defense, throughout compared to the entire NFL. So once Moss is ready, like I think he's going to be on the field a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. So that could be one too. That depending on how you started your draft, if you end up with Singletary, not that you ever, not that you necessarily want to handcuff a guy, but it could be a good handcuff to pull up and then. And then if if the the change happens, it's worthwhile for you. Impatient owners, second, third week into the NFL. Moss hasn't got enough points. They'll probably cut him for the top free agent bid. Sure. And then go back get your handcuff. There you go. Yep. All right. And last one. Let's get scary. Let's get F1. Let's get whatever you want to call him. Uh, Let's talk about a little Terry McLaurin. Yeah. No, Terry is freaking crazy athletic. Um, If you go back, check all the. Uh, categories rookie receivers had this year. He was either first or second in every single category. What makes that even more impressive is he did it in 14 games compared to everybody else at 16 for the, the leaders anyway. He right. did it with three different quarterbacks. So you had Keenum there, you had Haskins, and you had Colt McCoy for like two weeks. So inconsistency at quarterback, and he still was producing top numbers. Even PFF had him at the sixth highest grade that they've ever had for a rookie receiver behind the big names. So you had Michael Thomas, you had Godwin, you had Julio, Tariq, DeAndre Hopkins, and then it's Scary Terry. So Damn. right there, he is with elite competition already as a rookie again. So uh, the stats already proved it. When he was in the game, the team did better. The, the only stat category that actually went down when Haskins started the rest of the season was the touchdowns, which makes sense. He was under pressure. He didn't know what he's doing. The whole offense dipped in the second half anyway. So with a full offseason, a little bit better health, a little bit more time to learn the system, uh, there's no reason that that touchdown category shouldn't go up. And, again, everything else is already there. So for people paying receiver 24-type numbers, yeah. he's going to give you at least mid-receiver two returns. So it's well yeah. worth the risk. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So keep uh, go, you guys go on there, follow him on Twitter. If you're watching on the YouTubes, you can see his handle right there. Uh, you can follow follow him, follow me, and um, you'll see some more great articles coming out from all the time. Uh, I, ret- I retweet them if you're already following me uh, on Twitter. And so uh, check him out. Give him a follow. Great guy there. Uh, we're going to talk about some dynasty no-nos 
and had a rebound from them. So I jokingly put that my favorite mistake. I think my favorite mistake might have been my first playing fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) My greatest mistake. I love it so much. I shouldn't have done it. It takes all my time. Um, But it's so worth it. Uh, But uh, we're going to talk more team-specific. You last year – Last year was the first year or it was the first year. Okay. Yep. So last year you did, it's actually a very similar team roster configuration to my first year, which I totally botched as well. Um, so you did a 10 team. So it was my super flex dynasty PPR. Mine was standard. That's gross, right? I'm yeah. not even half. Uh, standard. <laughs> uh, one quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, a tight end, a flex and a super flex. So very similar to, to the format I used. Um, so you want to read that roster that you began with to us? Yeah. So, uh, when I went into it, I didn't have a whole lot of experience playing super flex. So I was like, sure. late quarterback strategy. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, up. I got two, I got a couple lead receivers in my opinion. Okay. I had Hopkins and I had Juju. I thought great start right there. Okay. And then I went around and got carry on Johnson, Sony Michelle, who had that great end of the year, rookie year. I was like year two, here we go. He's the guy. And I uh, went ahead and got some more depth, ended up uh, going Lamar Jackson, which was super clutch now. Oh yeah. And Josh Rosen, this was right before the NFL draft. So sure. Started right, sounded there. good, <laughs> looked good, sounded good, did not work out. So, well. it was you also get Big Ben, and that was before you know the season started, too. That sounded good, yeah. right? Everything sounded good. Damian Williams, I got him before the uh, jump went up in his ADP, so I got him. This was an early, uh, this was early March draft, yeah, yeah last year. So, we he was still kind of a little bit sleeper. Okay. Uh, go in there, some of the other notables, I guess you had, let's see. Yep. Lauren Chark was actually a late round target. I was like, second year guy, he was hurt last year. I thought for the price, I got him late, late twenties. So I thought, yeah, he's well worth sitting on the bench. I like the tight ends you grabbed. Kittle, Trey Burton, TJ Hawkinson. I thought it was great. Uh, NFL draft came around. I went ahead and added Dwayne Haskins, Jared Stidham as a late round dart throw. Uh, Got Terry McLaurin in third. I was super pumped about that. And and added Andy Isabella among a few others. Okay, so so you walked out of your draft. How'd you feel? Walked out of it. I was thinking, okay, I'm a little weak at quarterback at this point because you know I had Lamar Jackson, Big Ben, and then you had Rosen, Haskins, Stidham. I was like, that's that's not great, but you know those two guys stay healthy. They'll make it the whole year. <laughs> ben crushed my dreams. Yeah, he did not make it. And then carry on relying on him as an RB one, Michelle as an RB two. That that crashed and burned real quick as well. Yeah. So everybody took a big dip, even including Juju, which I know is back more quarterback related, but still. Yeah, it still hurt. <laughs> it was a rough first year. Helped you get a better pick this year. <laughs> yeah, it definitely helped me get a better pick. I got the one hundred three. All right. So. You got so you got the one hundred three, and yep. you had a full allotment of draft picks going into this year. Uh, yeah, so once I realized about halfway through the year, my team is not what it needs to be, I went ahead and started cutting bait everywhere. Nice. Uh, before the season started, I actually traded Damian Williams for Stefan Diggs, okay. who I then traded for the 107-207, okay. and uh, traded Carry On, which Damian actually went with my first-round pick. 
So I tried to carry on for the 103, what it turned out to be. Nice. Um, I also added the 110 and a couple other things through trading. And so as this NFL draft started going around, I realized a lot of people were going for that rookie hype. So I turned around and used it. I sold Juju in the 110 uh, for CMC. The dude was a huge, huge believer. No, 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 no. Repeat that. Say it one more time. I'm, I'm sure oh, nobody yeah. missed that. Hold on. Everybody listen. Listen what he did with rookie fever hype. Go ahead. Juju plus the 110, not even the 103, for Christian McCaffrey because he said the dude's 24, going to a second contract, he's going to crash and burn. I said, okay, this is what I can give you. Immediately took that, immediately upgraded that situation. All right. And and no one has a crystal ball. We don't know. You know, who knows? You might be right. But but I would take that, sure. Oh, yeah, because now I've got Christian McCaffrey, I got Lamar Jackson, I've got the top two players returning. From last year's production right there. Right. Uh, 103, uh, the same guy I had 101, 102. I knew he was rebuilding. I tried forever. He wouldn't give me either pick. So I just like, I'm taking the best guy he gives me. Jonathan Taylor falls into my lap at 103. Nice. And I was like, that's thank you. Enough. Thank you, Superflex. <laughs> thank you, Superflex. Joe Burrow, CEH win. Yep. I was like, I'll take JT all day. But yeah, and I, I turned around. I ended up making a few other trades. Traded Dwayne Haskins, uh, TJ. If you have Kittle, TJ was a great person in a non-tight end premium uh, to trade off. So I ended up trading off. I got uh, I got Ryan. I got Kareem Hunt. I went ahead and added Deontay uh, Johnson, a new up-and-coming people. A lot, of, a lot of people like to call him a new sleeper this year. I got him before that was a real big thing. I went and got Paris Campbell, who I was talking about earlier, at a very low cost. Uh, on top of that, I went ahead and added Tua. I kept the 107, and Tua fell to me at 107, so kind of helped set me up when I found out Stidham uh, went down. But even before that, I turned the 207 into Cam Newton. So I actually had the whole Patriots backfield, well, quarterback situation locked up before I even knew for sure if that was going to happen. Yeah. So now I'm sitting here, I'm rocking Lamar, Ryan, Big Ben. At quarterback for right now, along with the court, Patriots quarterback and two of them. Cam Newton. Yep. Yep. Running back, I've got CMC. I've got JT. I've got Kareem. I still have the Patriots uh, situation with Michelle and Harris. Hoping one of those two will claim something. But at RB3, RB4, it's not a big deal. Uh, receiver, I've got Hawkins, Shark, Terry McLaurin, Deontay. I got Marvin Jones back in an, another trade. And then I went ahead and I got Paris Campbell. And then Snoo and Steels is some depth. And then tight end, I've got George Kittle locking me up. And I still got both my 21 first and my 21 second. Nice. Ready to go if I needed to get traded and go up. There you go. Yeah. You're, uh, you're probably one one quarterback injury away from uh, selling off one of those quarterbacks for a running back, if I had to guess. Yep. Keep them ready just in case. Yep. Yep. All right. I love it. I love uh, those rebuilds. My 10 team, I – First round took uh, – it was bad. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> it was just bad. I, I took the aging assets, and they turned out – you know, Jordy Nelson came around, got Shady McCoy after that, and then they turned out not to be as good as they had been. And I waited on quarterback, and it was just brutal. I burned that first year hard. But through a lot of trading, you can rebuild teams. It's fun. Sometimes it's fun just to pick up a um, an orphan team if you're into that too. I did that and, actually uh, last year too. Yeah, and do the rebuild. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's fun. You just get, you, I like trading. Some people don't like trading. So if you don't like trading, 
picking up an orphan team is not for you. If you don't like trading dynasties, not for you, for most people. That's probably a better statement. <laughs> All right. Let's go with uh, some listener questions. But before we start the listener questions, I want to remind the listeners that we do have three spots left that we're giving away. So two spots are going to be for the lovely people who are so kind as to give this guy a five-star review on Apple iTunes or any other of the other um, pod rating services that lets you rate. And then screenshot it and send it to me at Bobs3Toad, either in a DM or just on, on a message. I don't care how. But Bob's the number three toad. Bob's three toad. Send it to me there. That'll give you an entry into the drawing from the hat that'll have lot happen live on screen. The weeks are ticking away because we're gonna have to set up the date soon. So by the time this gets heard, you'll probably have a week or two to do it. And really, you only need five minutes. So don't waste the time. Just do it then. Unless you're driving, then pull into Denny's parking lot, then do it. But still do it now. Uh, so that's two of those three spots. The other spot will be for the person who gets creative and does something like a story, a poem, doesn't have to be long or crazy, a picture that's very interesting that somehow says that you listen to the show and there's something inclusive of the show and why you deserve to be in the show's listener league. It'll be an auction league. Auctions are amazingly fun. If you've never done one, I had never done one either. The first time I did one was on my buddy's podcast I legitimately got into one. I can show you what I did to win. I earned the spot. I didn't just get in for being a buddy. Um, and I won the damn league. So it can happen, even if you don't know what you're doing. So it's a good time. Y'all go out there and do that. So here are some listener questions. Uh, Mr. Chris Robin at Detroit Beastie. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you know and love him because he's on every other message out there. Um, he says, "If uh, I'd like to know, if Andrew, uh, I'd like to know at, I can't, the way you said, I'd like to know Andrew's favorite draft strategy. That's what he's trying to say. Or strategies if he implements several. So I guess the question here is, are we talking redraft or dynasty? Because he didn't specify. But do you have a certain draft strategy you'd like to, to approach? Yeah. With? Yeah. So uh, Flurm's definitely right now. Uh, Ward as me, running back, starting running backs as possible. Mm-hmm. Because receivers, receivers are so deep this year. Mm-hmm. Even quarterbacks, if you're playing super flex, quarterback 24 is still probably going to be plenty enough to play in super flex. Yeah. They'll probably average three more points per game than any other position you could put there. So for me, I want to make sure I have at least four good running backs, starting running backs for sure. Uh, don't get Damian Williams. He doesn't count as a starting running back for me. Somebody <laughs> uh, who you know is going to get at least over 50% of the carries. Uh, outside of that, uh, I think getting an elite top end tight end is going to be clutch. So getting those two things already gives you a position advantage in two different spots against any opponent you face. If you can potentially set that up to where you get some decent quarterbacks, a low end quarterback one type material. So Matt Ryan's a huge mm-hmm. guy who's probably going into, yeah, he's going into year two of his offensive coordinator. All you can do is go back and check the numbers. Yeah. Or at least in an offensive coordinator that he stays with, his numbers spike up to top half QB1. So Matt Ryan's a guy I like to take late, uh, pair that up with somebody else. Um, I mean, you can get some guys such as Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, people that get the job done, but nobody thinks, oh, yeah, they're my guy. I've got to have them. Right. 
team fan of them. So they're probably pretty easy to trade for as well. So get that. Rookies, there's very few rookies I like to keep around. I've determined other people just like them way more than I do, and that's fine. I'm going to use them as trade bait. So if you don't have a best player available, you've got a similar tier between people, and you see a rookie's in there, a highly rated rookie lately, go ahead and grab him. Next round, go ahead and grab the next guy you're going to get. Got that extra trade piece to work with. Okay. All right. Salty. <laughs> so salty. At FF underscore Baca. Chewbacca? I don't know. Uh, he says, how to find a good league to get started in. Is it okay to jump into one that's already a couple years deep? Is it worth it? Do you prioritize drafting veterans or uh, veterans first or rookies? Um, so yeah, I think he's saying basically what we said, picking up an orphan, is it worth it? And do you prioritize drafting veterans first or rookies? Yeah. Um, so I was going to say for that one, like finding a league is super simple. If you got Twitter, all you gotta do is put it out there. Hey, I'm looking for a league. <laughs> Tag at my fantasy leagues. And like, if yeah. they're not the platform you want to use, they'll retweet it anyway for you and you'll get somebody to help you out. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to say, I've only taken over a couple of orphans last year. When I went Dynasty for the first time, I went a little crazy. I got 25 leagues into it. So there's a couple of orphans among it. Um, orphans are worth it if you're going for the challenge of building a team around the guys that you want. I know anytime somebody posts an orphan out there, you get to see the roster. You see what they're worth. Predetermine, okay, is this anything like I want? Is this worth the challenge? To me, it's not whether if it's a startup or if it's an orphan, it's the people that's in it. If you find mm-hmm. it's a, it's a lot of fun people, you'll have a great time. It's a league where people log in once a week, set a lineup, never talk. That's it's just not my style for Dynasty. I need activity going around. I agree. And, and then, you know, I know you mentioned for that second half, veterans or rookies first. Um, I always go best player available right now. So if the veterans a better chance of finishing top 12, I'm shooting for them. Yeah, once you get to the middle, late rounds, if you want to go for the rookie upside, go for it. Like I said a minute ago, they're always great trade materials. If you want to turn around, trade them later for, let's say, Michael Pittman for Marvin Jones plus because Marvin Jones has a good track record. He's going to put up receiver two numbers normally at least each week. So that's always a way to get a win out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Playing with my new toys. So for those watching on uh, Facebook, you saw I just put the uh, little – little go grab that orphan team ticker symbol going across the bottom for those on Facebook or uh, on, on the, on the ears, just listening, you don't know what we're laughing at. <laughs> so, all right. Um, yeah. So if, yeah, if you want a fun challenge and you can find a good league of good people, go grab that orphan team. And, you know, being a, and grabbing an orphan team isn't always grabbing a bad team. Very Sometimes you get the champion. He's like, he grabs his money. He bails. Life got busy. He still won his league. And he's like, all right, I'm out. And you can pick up a good team. So you never know what you're going to get. So, all right. Next question is from J-U-S-F-I-N at Justice Finu. Finu. Okay. Thank you, Justice Finu. Uh, should we overvalue RB because of the scarcity at the position? And we're talking uh, dynasty, I think, the way he says the end of this. Or undervalue them because of lower shelf life. That's a very fun question. 
That's a very good dynasty question. Uh, my mindset is there's two ways to approach it. Mm-hmm. If you're a contender, you're overvaluing running backs. You're loading up on the guys who are going mm-hmm. last and be starting material. So like Christian Caffrey, once I do said I'm going into a rebuild, he's not going to last. He's going to die off. McCaffrey is the type of running backs. Running backs who are versatile. They can run the ball, and they're one of the main pass catchers of the team. Those are the kind of guys you want to load up on because they will last two to three years during your contender window. If you're going for a rebuild, yeah, you don't want to undervalue them, but you want to sell them off for good value. Mm-hmm. Look at your receivers. You lock that up. Lock up a good elite tight end because if, once you find an elite tight end, they're going to stay at the top for several years. Kelsey is a prime example of that. He's been at the top for the past like five years mm-hmm. and he's not changing any, like he's still probably going to be there for the next two him or Kittle right there. Um, I'll say super flex that that's quarterback dependent. So if it is super flex, go get you a couple of young quarterbacks, let them work with you and then get your running backs in a couple of future years. There you go. Uh, you heard the man. You heard the man. Don't, don't sleep on your running backs. I think it's <laughs> not All right. All right, Tim. Cunningham at TC, and that's all I could see of his thing because it was hard to see. Uh, I believe the question was, what is, it wasn't hard to see. It was that everybody couldn't see the media, but I think you sent me the screenshot of it. It says, what is your approach to SFBX and your first round rankings? So SFBX first round. Yeah, so this is actually my first year doing Scott Fishbowl. I mm-hmm. uh, found out about it last year. I applied for it, but I wasn't lucky enough to get in. Yeah, so I went ahead, made the donation, applied again anyway this year, or got in. So I've got the 105 spot. So I'm nice. probably going to miss out on the on the tier I wanted, which was going to be McCaffrey, Barkley, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. So at the 105, currently I'm looking at taking the best available running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know who I'm going to click tomorrow. It's either probably going to be Zeke or Kamara. I'm going to roll from there. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm going to overstress running backs early because I liked how the uh, quarterback setting is actually set for a super flex league. You want quarterbacks who are accurate. And the great thing about that is most of those quarterbacks are not top five quarterbacks going in the NFL draft. Uh, you got guys like Drew Brees. Drew Brees is going to be great value. Most people probably already know that. So they'll probably still go in the third at least. You've got Derek Carr. Derek Carr, I think, is really underrated. Um, you got the Raiders over there building a great system. Gruden looks like he knows what he's doing for sure. Uh, he's already finished as one of the most accurate quarterbacks last year. And he's going to be well outside the top 10. So if you want a great target, there he is. Uh, again, Jimmy Garoppolo, you've got Cousins, Brady, Ryan Stafford. It's, it's way too deep, so I'm not prioritizing that at all. So I'm going to go get me some running backs. I'm going to shift over third round, probably either top four tight end if he's available or best receiver load up for a couple rounds, probably about round five, six, I'll go grab a quarterback and nice. another turn. Just keep going from there. All right. There you go. There you go, Tim Cunningham. And I know uh, the draft starts tomorrow for you. So if we already haven't hit you up on Twitter, we will well before you hear this. So we'll give you that answer on, uh, on the Twitters. So now I right. say, he didn't oh, mention one more thing. He mentioned it. He wanted the first round rankings. Yeah, that's fair. So, yep. yeah, well, okay. He gave half the first round. <laughs> yeah, I already said. Right to your pick. <laughs> Saquon, Mahomes, Lamar. Those are going to be on my top four. 
Uh, Zeke Kamara is probably interchangeable for five and six. It's whoever you prefer, which system you trust more. And then I'd probably say Michael Thomas at seven right there. Uh, he's probably going to be the only receiver we see taken in the first round for most leagues because sure. receivers only get half PPR, half first down points. Nothing really changes for them. Uh, then I would probably say Kittle and Kelsey, both first round materials, along with Prescott, Wilson, and Cook in that back order, however you prefer. Uh, Prescott, Russell Wilson, and, D- and Dalvin Cook? Yes. Okay. All right. And you're not scared off of Dalvin Cook this year? You think he'll play? Uh, no, I don't think he has the ability to hold out and go be a free agent next year. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you learned from Gordon. I think he did. Let's and the rules are tougher this year. So. <laughs> yeah, but if you're getting Cook, I definitely say go get Madison probably around 8 through 10, somewhere in that range, wherever you feel comfortable. All right. So uh, for anyone who pays attention when you uh, go to w- listen to the show, there's a little E for explicit, and we don't really say much bad stuff. Every time, every once in a while, things do sneak in there. So real quick, hide your wives, hide your children. The next uh, question comes in from Titties Are Fun, and his Twitter handle is Two Titties Are Fun. I thought all were, but whatever. Um, he says, who is the number one dynasty buy for you? And if it's not DJ Chark, what's wrong with you? Here she has a, a setting of, of three questions. So we'll start with that one. Who's the number one dynasty buyer for you? And if it's not DJ Chark, what's wrong with you? I think I could tell you why it's not the number one buy for me. And it's because everybody has that same opinion and they're charging too much to stove. Yep. And I want to pay that much. So that would be my reason why, because he's plenty talented and he has plenty of opportunity. What's your thoughts? Yeah, and Chark is super talented. That's why I was happy to take him everywhere in the late rounds last year. Um, but everybody knows that. Everybody's not going to let you get him no longer at a 21-second price or something right. really cheap. Right. Um, so if you're going for someone cheaper, Terry McLaurin's an easy one to target. All you got to do is tell people, man, he's already like 25, 27. He probably gets lunch with Frank Gore every day. <laughs> <laughs> So the old country doing, that kind of stuff, doing that kind of stuff. I mean, oh man, it's a Redskins. Like, watch out that you know they're not going to score a lot of points, but I mean, the system's going to work through him and Darius Geis if Geis is healthy. So I would honestly probably say those two. Those okay. are super cheap guys to go for. Okay. All right. Well, there's your answer for that part. The second part was: Is everyone sleeping on Perryman? Brashad <laughs> Perryman. That's an interesting one. I guess no one is talking about him, so if that counts as sleeping, sure. <laughs> Possibly. I would actually prefer Jameson Crowder. I think Crowder's going to be the better buy on that system. Okay. But yeah. I about to say, it's going to be between Perriman and Mims on who is the better receiver to for the Jets. But I know Darnold's going to prefer focusing his targets on the inside and underneath routes, which is what Crowder's going to run. And you also possibly have Chris Herndon back now going to actually play this year. So I know that tight end's going to get some targets along with the check downs of Bell. So okay. I'm I'm avoiding the Jets' offense if I can. Yeah, uh, you and most people. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next question is rank for redraft, and we'll assume he was talking full PPR. It says rank for redraft. He gives us AJ Green. He does still play in the NFL. I've heard. Yep. T.Y. Hilton. Who's, Shortly behind him, 
Brandon Cooks and Jarvis Landry. That's like a hospital bed uh, <laughs> ward or something like that. So uh, rank for redraft, AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks, and Jarvis Landry. You want to uh, give us your, your favorite there? Yeah, I'm going to go Jarvis one. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be one. Um, after him, it gets a little bit tougher, but I'd probably take the risk on Brandon Cooks. I really like that quarterback situation he's in with now. I'm hoping the dude stays healthy. Uh, gosh, if he stays healthy, he's putting up a thousand yards like he always does, and he'll probably be the best one after that. And then you've got, I'm going to say T.Y. Hilton, only because Hilton's only going against Paris Campbell, and then the rookie Pittman. Whereas AJ Green at least has Boyd, Rost, Higgins, and Mixon to come in, and a rookie quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Another reason. I uh, I think I'm sliding T.Y. Hilton to the top of that list, possibly. Ooh, I like assuming it. assuming all all the players are healthy. T.Y. Hilton can just be a monster. I mean, they all can really. It is what it is. But I do like T.Y. Hilton. Adrian Green is very confusing with Boyd there because Boyd did such a good job with, with and without him there. And they yep. keep adding weapons that are res- respectable. Brandon Cooks has such a huge opportunity, such a huge opportunity. But can he change his style? Not just be that, you know, and be more the Hopkins style player and get more of the, you know, all the targets. I don't know. All right. So I say, T.Y. Hilton, and then it's, it's tough. I really don't. I, I, any one of these, I feel like I'm totally rolling the dice. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Cooks, Landry, Green, maybe. Landry, Cooks, Green, that might be it for me. It's going to be close. It's going to be best available at that point. Between them, I think if I need a wide receiver, and, I, and at the at the cost they're going to be, I don't think you're going to be sad taking a shot on any of them. Really, they don't cut, they don't make it they're for you. They were your third or fourth wide receiver, probably, and big deal. So, but imagine if you could steal AJ Green and it becomes the old AJ Green from Ooh, from last man. time he played for the <laughs> healthy. I was going to say which year that was, but I couldn't do the math. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm gonna. We're gonna stay on a redraft field here, and we're gonna switch over to my ask all preseason question. So, want to know who is one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver that you can possibly see finishing in the top five at on the season uh, for their position, but you're able to draft them 13th or later at their position. So not the 13th round, but 13th or later at their position. Uh, so it's a great question because it's a great way to find values, steal values in your redraft leagues and walk away from the draft with just a stronger team. Yep. So to me, quarterback's always an easy one. Who do you got for quarterback? Who was your uh, sneaky guy? I think you alluded to him earlier, but. Yeah, I was between two, but I think I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. He's, he's returning a great system. You've got Juju again is going to be back. And then you've got Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. You've got Chase Claypool, James Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor Samuels weren't too bad out of the backfield catching passes. Nope. Plus, we've seen Roethlisberger do it before. If he's healthy, there's no reason he's gonna, not going to put up 
high 4,000 yards, at least 30 touchdowns probably. So if he stays healthy, that's a guy I would say is probably your best QB one top five potential sleeper. There you go. And he's listed here on Fancy Pros as the 16th quarterback. So nice little value there at the 123rd pick, which is uh, 12 rounds deep. So imagine the uh, lineup you filled in to take a shot at Ben Roethlisberger as your first quarterback 10 rounds in. So not too shabby. Not too shabby. We've got four or five wide receivers each, a tight end even maybe. Mm-hmm. Kicker or defense if you're really stupid. Um, <laughs> if you're still playing that. Yeah, we've got them out of our leagues. Thank goodness. All right, let's flip over to running back. And uh, you want to go PPR, half PPR, or standard? Your call. You have a preference. Uh, let's do PPR. All right, let's do PPR. Seems to be most people's preference these days. They're not all antiquated. All right. What? Running back, you're looking at 13th or later to be the steal of the show. I I kept going between two, and I'm I'm gonna stay between these two. So first one's gonna be Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they've already brought in a pass catching specialist, Chris Thompson. Yep. So I know that limits his PPR upside some too. But no, it takes two plays for Thompson to be broken. So it does. Hopefully not, man. I'm always hoping for best of health, but Fournette yep. only, I think, had two touchdowns all last year, and he still finished relatively well. So I think this year the Jaguars are going to just straight up run him into the ground, use him as much as possible, let him walk this year. But, I mean, volume is king in fantasy. We know that's especially true with running backs. So I think Fournette has top five potential for sure. Um, and then, like I said, it's between two. I honestly think Jonathan Taylor is not going to be stopped this year. So I don't think Marlon Mack's going to last past two weeks at most. All right. That's that the, offense. I, I was going to ask you, I was going to say, he's not going to be stopped, but will he be started? But then you said the two week thing. So there you yeah. go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So I think Jonathan Taylor is also kind of a later guy, but that was only based off those rankings. Again, everybody's going to take him well before. Sure. Running back 13 pops up anyway. So I guess Fournette's my main answer. Well, the ranking I'm looking at has, uh, and I could be looking at the wrong thing, but NADP has has Fournette down at 16, mm-hmm. 28th player off the board, and uh, JT at 21, 48th player off the board, so in the fourth round, which is oh, not too uncommon for rookies. So for redraft rookies, I imagine he's probably going higher than that for dynasty rookies. But oh yeah, <laughs> well for uh, even startups. Sorry. All right, I like those picks. Let's talk wide receiver. There are so many good wide receivers late this year. Uh, who you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty a few again, but I'm going to go Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. I know a lot of people are scared off by him. It's already driving the price down. But Cooper Cup is Jared Goff's go-to security blanket anytime a play breaks down. He's his go-to guy for third down conversions. So if you're already playing, if you're in a league that plays first down bonuses, might as well take him there. Uh, the dude can put up touchdowns. He can make catches. He gets the volume. I'm pretty sure, maybe not last year, but the year before. No, it was last year. He was receiver four already last year. And I think he's going late teens, early 20s right now. And if I had another one, it'd probably be DJ Chark, but I think Cooper Cup's the best answer right there. I like it. 
Uh, he is 15 here, 39th off the board overall, but 15th at wide receiver. Not too damn shabby. And he is kind of getting a, a bad rap because what he last year, I think he was somewhere in the six, seven spots, probably higher, if I can remember oh, yeah. right off the top of my head. But, you know. Yeah. Everybody's scared about two tight end set, and I just don't think it's going to be that big a deal against him. Even if it is, they still need a couple wide receivers on the field. Exactly. That's pretty yeah, woods, woods and, and Cup, so. Yeah, I think they need a couple of Woods. One yeah. of the two is going to lead it. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. All right. So if you guys aren't subscribed, go subscribe right now. Be so kind. Go subscribe. My great guests don't stop here. They do not stop here at all. Um, before we go, Andrew, remind the listeners where they can find you, sir. Yeah. So if you're looking for more of the stuff I put out, just go on Twitter at FF underscore AW, which are 33. I uh, throw out a lot of great content. Uh, go follow the fantasy football 24 seven crew. Our main account at FF Ball all day. Uh, we throw out a lot of great material, so I think everybody would enjoy that. Nice. Uh, next show, we are going to do a redraft mock draft um, with with a, a great uh, guest or two. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, for those watching YouTube, you'll be able to see the draft live. For those listening, it'll be very well described, uh, so you'll feel like you're watching it. So don't feel like you're missing out because you won't be. Bob's got you taken care of. And for myself, I can be found on Twitter uh, at Bob's Three Toad, on YouTube at Bob's Three Toad Warriors. Listen to the new shows that drop Monday and Thursday mornings. You can catch them on YouTube and everywhere else that podcasts can be found. Uh, pretty soon we will start a Wednesday, probably a Wednesday happy hour uh, live stream in a couple weeks here, I think, or probably about the round the time that you guys are hearing this show. Uh, that's it for the show. It's been Bob's Three Toad Warriors with Andrew Woodruff. Reminding you, soon enough, you'll be able to hit the waiver wire, set your lineups, dominate your opponents, and let's win some damn championships uh, together. Hmm? How about it? Let's do it. See ya.